After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is the most powerful man in Hawaiian music. He's the first Hawaii music producer to achieve a RIAA certified gold record. He has over 150 recording projects and has been involved with nearly 100 Nahoku Hanohano Award winning projects, which is Hawaii's version of the Grammys. Speaking of the Grammys, 2005 marks the first year that a Grammy Award was given for Hawaiian music and three out of five nominees are represented by our guest today. Let's welcome a music legend with over 30 years of music industry experience, John DeMello. Welcome to Greater Good Radio, John. Gee, sounds like I've done a few things. <laughs> yes, you're very well accomplished. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Mountain Apple Company and what they do? A Mountain Apple Company is a full-service record company. It does everything that is in the music business. License, produce, replicate CDs, publish. It does all of the different avenues of the music business. Most people don't under, quite understand that about our firm. Um, we are going after licensing the, the digital music downloads around the world. We ship, we're in the shipping business. We ship to, um, in fact, we shipped five boxes to the Netherlands yesterday. So we um, are trying to promote and produce and organize Hawaiian music, Hawaiian language, and hula and cultural events from our station in the middle of the Pacific. So you guys basically taking Hawaiian music global. Global. That's, that's more or less. Did you always start off doing all of those things, or did you start off with one thing and moved into others? Pretty much so. In, in the early days of the music business, there were only a few record outlets in Hawaii. So making just records, LPs in those days, you had to expand. You had to do different things. Publishing came in, into the viewplane very quickly. Um, the laws were changing in the early 70s with publishing rights and publishing laws and things like that. So we always have been fairly diversified. And the way the world is now, it's definitely a multimedia world. And you have to be able to do and think in different modes to focus and help people focus at different things, especially our community, Hawaii, and our culture, the Hawaiian culture. Where did the name Mountain Apple come from? Well, I had a studio in Tantalus, a home um, on the top of Tantalus. And I had a tin roof, and it was a very, very quiet night, okay? And I was sitting behind an Apple II computer. If you uh, listeners know what that is, um, you're dating yourself. Uh, <laughs> um, they're worth quite a bit of money right now if they're uh, still in the original box, I understand. But I was sitting there with an Apple II computer trying to do some business modeling and organizing of a of business that had already been working for 10 years. And um, it was a very still, quiet night in Tantalus, and um, an indigenous fruit from Hawaii called the mountain apple, which I had a huge tree in the back of my house. All of a sudden I heard a little plop on the tin roof and it rolled right down the tin roof and fell into the bushes right in front of me. 
And I thought that was kind of a sign from God, you know, that it had to be Mountain Apple Company. And being indigenous fruit to the islands, it made perfect sense to me. You could also think, actually, since Tantalus is up a mountain, and then you're on Apple, it could be Mountain Apple also that way. Almost, hmm. almost, yes. That's interesting. So what exactly does a music producer do? I mean, what, what does your job or profession entail? Um, I, I'm in constant search of talent, and talent is... Talent is not just singing or playing an instrument. It is the focus on living, uh, the art of living, the art of discipline, of how you build your craft. Now, obviously, Mountain Apple makes CDs, and those are audible. And so you um, normally you sing and you play an instrument. Sometimes you just sing, or sometimes you just play an instrument in a uh, kiwalu fashion, in slack key and such. So I'm in constant look for new talents, new, uh, new people, new, um, new raw things to be able to take and to organize their thoughts a bit with them and let them be involved in the process of collecting. Um, it's like making a lay. You go to the mountains and you pick green and you pick flowers and you come back and then you string something together and you make something that is a, a beautiful adornment. Well, same thing with, um, with CDs and music. And I just try to take the artists and, and clone their potential and organize their ideas and focus them into one realm of music. Are you the only one that recruits these talents that you see? We have 28 people in our organization, and, and they're constantly approached on the street, given CDs. I get um, eight or ten CDs a week that I'm listening to. Um, I have my little spies, so to speak, that are always looking for things out there. Um, I'm connected to the musical community, and I kind of know what's going on and, and where it is there, you know. So, no, it's not just me. It, it comes from every which way, and you have to look at everything. You never know where the next is, you know. It's, it's a very interesting process. It's very creative. It's very um, organized in some ways and very unorganized in others. But uh, you never know where you're going to find your next um, megastar. So to speak. Where's the most unusual place you found talent before? In a garage, driving home late at night, and there's a bunch of lights on, fluorescent lights, and a bunch of people with slippers, you know, making a lot of noise and laughing and giggling. And you were just and driving by? I was just driving by. And I drove by a little farther, parked on the side of the road, walked back, and they didn't know who I was from Adam, and they just called me in and said, you know, wow, this sounds cool, man. What is this? What is this? You know, they just sat me down. They fed me. Uh, oh, yeah. This is a Waimanalo. Uh-huh. And uh, they fed me and the whole thing, you know, it's great, you know. So it, it can be it can be that. Um, it can be um, uh, a, a kid on a beach with an ukulele playing, okay, alone. A lot of people call and they say, well, Mr. DeMello, I'd like to submit a CD. I'd like to give you um, my sound or something like that, but I don't have the money to go into a studio. And I said, you don't have to. Just open a microphone and play and sing and do whatever you can do. I can see through that. If there's traffic noise in the back, don't don't worry about that. If there's chicken squawking, don't worry about that. I know how to spot what you do. You can see through all that maze. Just push the record button and play an ukulele and sing me a song, and we'll we'll talk about it. And a lot of times I get that. It's as, as raw as that. Some of the talent I found and developed over the years has been that raw, where a, a CD, I have their first submission. Can you give us an example of, of a name? or uh, Richard Nato was a very, very powerful, interesting entertainer. And, and he was working in a place called Kojak's. This is quite a while ago. And this guy was just a fireball. 
And uh, he was just energized. He was a performer. He was a player. He sang. He wrote. He did everything. And he still does. He's, he's brilliant, okay? And um, he gave me a CD, or actually it was a cassette in those days, and it was pretty rough and pretty raw. But um, I walked in. He was an opening act for a, a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. He was an opening act. He played 20 minutes and got off stage. He was smoking a cigar on stage and chewing it and jumping up and down <laughs> and swinging his guitar. And he was magic, magic to watch and magic to listen to. And his songwriting was, is impeccable. So I joined up together. They were in a group called Tomonado, and they kind of split apart. And I, I took Richard and sort of helped Richard develop himself and move into some things. And it was just a, a scratchy old cassette that really started that uh, whole train moving. So what is what's the next step then? You they send you a cassette, you listen to it, you say, oh, this has some potential, and then and then what happens? Um, then I'll call for normally an interview. I never listen to a piece of music that they've written or organized with them in the room. It just sets up too many potential hazards, and so I like to review it on my own time and see how I feel about it. If it triggers me with ideas and such, I'll call them in for an interview, basically. And I'll be saying to them that they're interviewing me as much as I'm interviewing them. I mean, you know, it's a position where a producer's got to get close to someone and try to develop talent. And it's a, uh, it's a, a very interesting position. You're, you're touching God almost in certain ways. So the next step is to interview. And I'm very concerned about lifestyles. I'm very concerned about on time, uh, Again, it's not just music. In the case of Richard Notto, he was brilliant as a performer on stage. He could just make you crazy, you know, and just make you go, you know, more, 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 you know. Plus, he was great at, at what he did, his craft, and he, he just loved it. And he had this desire in his mind that he was getting there, period, over and out. That's it. And if I can find that in the first kind of interview with someone, then I know I have half a chance. The second one, we start talking about material. And then I'll take them in for a trial run in the studio and just see how they react in a studio, in a real studio. Do they get nervous? Oh, very nervous. Mm -hmm. And normally the first one or second one, I don't even count. I just, I know they're going to be, you know, if I can hear their lyrics between their teeth chattering, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm lucky, you know, (laughs) or their knees clanging, you know. Mm -hmm. But, But I try to open that up and just say, listen, just think you're at home, you know. Think you're in the shower singing. Go. It's the best echo chamber in the world, okay? Just do something. And then we can talk about what it is. You're not trying to impress me. You're not trying to do anything. You're just trying to do what you do. And then let me envision if there's any possibilities of the future and what we could do together as a a producer and a musician. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Radio.
You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is John DeMello, the most powerful man in Hawaiian music and the first Hawaii music producer to achieve a RIAA gold record. So, John, I know that the Mountain Apple Company focuses on producing Hawaiian music. Is it only Hawaiian music that you produce, or do you folks venture off into some other types of music as well? Personally, and from a corporate standpoint, I kind of organize Mountain Apple Company as an ohana-based company. It's very much triggered on the kapu system, the old Hawaiian way of living. It's a village doing things. My personal love is Hawaiian music, and I'm very deep into that. But really, there is no music on the planet Earth that I don't like. I like all kinds of music. You like all music? All music, okay. Now, the trick in that question, okay, (laughs) is there's only a certain amount of time I can listen to some of it. That's that's just from taste, and sometimes it, it wavers from answer. year to year, okay? <laughs> Mountain Apple does do contemporary music, does do some Jawaiian, some reggae-ish type music. Um, Brother Nolan is a classic example of someone that we've hmm. been working with for over 20 years, mm-hmm. and um, we're in a studio right now doing an album that um, by far is the best work I've ever seen come out of this man. He's on fire, he's spiritual, he's just alive. We're building it so we're not using as much science as available, meaning the overdubbing process of laying one instrument down at a time. I'm taking six people into a room and having them actually play the song and Nolan singing live with them. And it comes out with such breath and feeling that it's just magnificent. So we do very contemporary things. I write classically, I write for film scores, and I do commercial work and all kinds of things. I love all kinds of music. I really do. And the the only borderline with that is there's some of it I can listen to a lot longer than I can others. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with John DeMello, the most powerful man in Hawaiian music and the first Hawaii music producer to achieve a RIAA gold record. Let's go a little bit back now. How did this all get started? I mean, did you go on a different path or did you always start in music and, and that just became your, your you know, career? Because of my family and my upbringing, I was always around music and always around the Hawaiian part of it. I was exposed in a very young age to some incredible Hawaiian entertainers and I've been lucky enough to be around almost all of them, worked with almost all of them, you know, and it's it's just an amazing thing. Now, when I was, you know, going, this is like, you know, from five years old up, and then I, you know, got through high school, and I was starting to point at college and figure out what I wanted to do, and there was this new word on the horizon, and it was called multimedia. Now, multimedia, when I was in high school, was an overhead projector, 
a, a Kodak <laughs> uh, carousel machine, you know, with a with a wired remote in your hand, and you could move and talk, and you had a microphone. So you could add a voice, you could add some slides, and if you're really high-tech, you had a 16-millimeter movie camera and a couple, about eight technicians behind you doing this whole thing, okay, and trying to follow you. Well, this new word came up, multimedia. And, and you know, this mm-hmm. is, I saw potential in the future of, uh, on this whole When thing. was that, early 70s or? Uh, mid-60s. Uh-huh, okay? mid-60s. Mid-60s. And um, I saw it, and I started focusing at it. So the arts in general are very connected for me. I'm a very visual kind of guy. I got a degree in painting and fine arts at one of the, the third largest private schools in America. And this was in Berkeley. That must have been fun. It was great. In uh-huh. the mid-60s in Berkeley, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. insane. Okay, it was, that was, it was wild. fun. It was the Vietnam War. There were riots in the street. There was tear gas. The National Guard was in the street. It was like, you know, like, and, and I was looking for, you know, some spam of musubi, you know. I, and I, they didn't have my food there. They didn't have anything there. And I was just, you know, shot into this new world, never living in the mainland, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it was quite an expansion from my brain, you know. And uh, and I was starving to death because I couldn't find anything to eat, you know. And we just have a special diet here in Hawaii. Um, so simultaneously, I went to this art school. It was uh, fascinating because I was always visual, always good in art, fascinating people. Professors, PhDs and stuff that were teaching me were just magical. At the same time, I was going to UC Berkeley and sitting in on all every music class, everything I could get involved in there. And this was the center of music. And this, I arrived, so you attended two schools at the same time? Same time. Huh. And I arrived in San Francisco in the summer of love in 67, okay? <laughs> this was like, you know, Did you have any hard time happening? fitting in? Uh, no, but a hard time adjusting to the awareness of how you live. And, you know, we're so homogenized over here. We just have every kind of person you could think of in Hawaii. And, you know, there, there's, there's these medial strips down everything, okay? You're not supposed to go over there. You're not supposed to do this. not supposed to do that. That's the hardest thing for me. I just didn't see any of that, you know? And um, there were some great things. But I was going to um, rock and roll concerts every weekend, you know, at The Doors and Janis Joplin and Cream. And, in fact, uh, uh, Janis Joplin was the top of her pile right there with the, uh, the holding company. And she had a hand-painted Porsche, a Paisley. She had a Paisley print hand-painted Porsche. And we knew if that car was outside, she was in that bar drinking. And we'd, we'd find a car, we'd park, and we'd go in there, and we'd, we'd close the place down with Janis Joplin, you know, and drink with her all night long, being crazy, you know. And uh, the Doors and the Cream and uh, Country Joe and the Fish and you name it, and Jefferson Airplane, every weekend at the Fillmore and all the stuff in the city, you know, we'd be going to it live. It was right there. And it was just, it was happening. Jim Morrison came to our school and he read poetry for two hours, you know, his, his lyrics and such like that, mesmerizing. You could hear a pin drop in the room. So my exposure in all of that environment, I think, led up to this whole kind of consciousness of, hey, something's on the horizon that is truly multimedia that will let you use more than one sense at a time, hearing, seeing, smell, feel, touch, all of that kind of thing. And suddenly... Ten years ago, we have the Internet in front of us, and the Internet is just the most most powerful media that's ever been uh, invented by mankind. We are able to reach anywhere in the world. We are able to reach, and with technology and with wonderful applications that people organize, like flash technology and things, there's, there's absolutely amazing things on the Internet that you, you really look at a screen, a flat, one-dimensional screen, and you scratch your head and say, this can't be happening. I mean, somebody's fooling me. 
you know, you know, there's something behind this screen. I got to look now just to make sure there's not a bunch of puppets in back of this or something because it's so dimensional. And um, multimedia was was organized, and I was truly ready for it. I was already making short films. I was already editing and doing that kind of thing through uh, UC Berkeley and my art school, California College of Arts and Crafts. And I was already doing multimedia photography, painting. I got my papers in painting. I'm a painter, really. And I really paint with music. And it's, it's a very interesting thing, a sort of cross-platform kind of situation. But it's just an interesting time to grow up in and be around. And it was very stimulating. And uh, when I came back to the islands, it began. And it began in a way that was truly multimedia. And, you know, MTV was born and all these other things. And all of a sudden, music was more than music. It was vision. It was everything. And with the Internet, it's, it's even more than you could imagine at this point. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is John DeMello, the most powerful man in Hawaiian music and the first Hawaii music producer to achieve a RIAA gold record. Can we talk a little bit about your community involvement and how that's uh, you know intertwined with the Mountain Apple Company and just Absolutely. within yourself? Absolutely. We are an enormously beautiful community. I've traveled worldwide, and, and I've seen, I've felt, and I always ask myself the question when I go into a new, a new area, a new country, saying, could I live here? Could I actually do this? Could I be here? And the answer is, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but then, you know, um, I'm starting to look at my airplane ticket five days later or, or a week later, and I tell people now, the only reason why I travel is to get that rush when I come home. So a very, very community-based group here in the islands. Uh, Mountain Apple is very concerned about the future of the culture. Now, that is primarily music on my side, but it also, uh, it, there's no real borderline between music, hula, and the crafts of Hawaii. So we're constantly doing community situations. I was approached about um, a year and a half ago to do a uh, project. They just wanted five songs on a CD from the Nature Conservancy. It was their 100th year in Hawaii. 
And oh. um, and the Nature Conservancy approached me and said, we have five songs. We want to do a little EP. Can you do it for us? I said, sure, sure, sure. But are you open? She said, yes. I said, let's do something better. Let's do something bigger. Let's do something that's never been done before. I'd rather spend my time for you and the community in doing something in that kind of scope. Let's do a DVD. I know we can call filmmakers. I know we can get footage from the forest. I know being raised in a forest, how important the forest is to our community, to our lifestyles, to everything. And the way the land divisions worked in the old days, it was it was from the ocean to the tip of the mountain, and that was your pie, your little slot there. So we, we proceeded into this project, and we got more music uh, donated to us. It was totally community. It was not intended for sale. It, we were not going to sell it. And the Nature Conservancy wanted to manufacture 10,000 of them and gave all of them, in, in fact, ordering another load just to give away to the community. Through organizations, through personal contacts, you could call the Nature Conservancy and ask for one. And it was an hour long with the narrative stories, some um, science in it, uh, talking about how we must preserve, um, a lot of entertainment, a lot of visuals, a lot of things from each island. And those kind of things I love to do. They're, they're, they're monumental projects. They're projects that take over a year to develop and organize, just from the clearance situations of music and, and video and all that kind of thing. But I love that, you know, of organizing something that is the community accepts and is part of them. Have you been able to do any correlation to how that's affected your business? Um, well, I've gotten calls to do a few more since then, you know, and um, and we're we're looking at those situations. Um, it helps. It all helps. Um, songs. I'll be candid. Songs make babies. You send a song out into the <laughs> air, they make babies. Okay, and when they make babies, they make other babies. Okay. Uh, all of a sudden, on our computers, we'll get a little glitch somewhere in America, like um, Virginia, that all of a sudden, you know, sold. 400 CDs more last week than it did three weeks ago. Why? How come? And so we do our research. We get our research people out there and try to figure it out. Um, one of them was um, because they, they found this Nature Conservancy DVD. Huh. Okay, They saw it. They heard the music. They saw my website on it. They slashed through the URL and got right into our commerce site and, and bought a CD. And it was very, it was, it makes babies. It just continues to grow. Another the first, we found somebody through our mail order area that lived in Virginia, and we called them. They were the first in the calendar to buy um, two CDs. And we said, "You, what? What made you buy these CDs?" He said, "Well, we just stumbled on the site. And we have been to Hawaii many times, and we know about the music." They bought the CDs, and then they proceeded to have a barbecue, which they called a luau. Okay, on Sunday afternoon, instantly the whole neighborhood had to have. The music they have, so they, you know, swipe through the internet site, themountainapplecomedy.com, and um, bought the music, okay? And we can chart this and see where this is coming from and everything. And it's just these communities, and then the community grows, and then suddenly they have a halal in the area, okay? Or they need hula music, or they need something like that. So it's, um, it's hardcore advertising, don't get me wrong. We have to go into the commercial area, we have to buy space and Virgin Mega Stores and all of that. But we do grassroots stuff, too, which is um, little baby communities. Besides our own, it's baby communities in Virginia, in um, Wyoming, in um, New York, in uh, Florida is big. Um, Cali West Coast is huge, okay, all over the place. Foreign countries right now. The Netherlands, as I said. London right now is going crazy over Hawaiian music. We have number one hit in the Netherlands this oh. week. Um, what song is that? This is Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Israel Kamakovivo. Okay. okay. Wow. As soon as they discover that... 
they start getting deeper into his stuff, and then they start calling country codes, and they're getting us or emailing us, what else do you have? Again, music makes babies. One song will make babies. And it just proliferates out into the world deeper and deeper. And um, Australia right now, uh, New Zealand right now, um, Israel happens to be selling skim milk in Austria. I think that's poetic justice, and Israel will be very happy about all of that, okay? <laughs> but again, they discover there's a lead ship. There's like an icebreaker, and Israel has been a really large icebreaker, no pun intended, for Hawaii and for Hawaiian music. And because of that, people are more and more interested in what we have going on culturally here in our culture. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.